0: Our reading this morning is from the book of Luke, and I'll be reading from chapter 2, verses 8 through to 20. Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through to 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Day in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem, And see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told.
1: Good morning. Now, for anyone who doesn't know me, uh, my name is Rodney. I'm one of the elders here at Kilmore Presbyterian. Um, before we have a look at uh, Luke chapter 2 that David's just read for us, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, please calm our minds from all the busyness of the world around us as we think about what you said through the angels. And please excite our hearts with the good news of the coming of Jesus Christ into our world. Amen. Well, have you ever wished for just a little bit of peace and quiet? Maybe like uh, Daryl Kerrigan from the movie The Castle. You want to head over to Bonnie Doon with a satisfied look on your face, ask, How's the serenity? Uh, maybe you think about the need for peace in this world, the end of conflict in the Middle East, reconciliation between white Australia and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. And, of course, in the turmoil that's hit the world in 2020 with COVID-19 and with things that are going on in your life that few people know about, maybe there are times you would just love to have some peace in your heart to replace the worries that plague you. And we know that family gatherings for Christmas are not peaceful events for some of us. A number of times, the Bible calls God the God of peace. So where is this peace? Well, as we head toward Christmas, there's one famous time when God sent some messengers. They made an announcement about peace. The angels said, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom His favor rests. So let's have a look at what happened. It seems to have started off quite peacefully for these shepherds. Uh, In the Bible, Luke records for us they were living in the fields, so a bit out of Bethlehem. It was nighttime. So I'm guessing the only noise was a bit of quiet conversation and the barring of that one sheep that was refusing to sleep. When all of a sudden, out of nowhere, an angel turns up and the glory of the Lord was literally shining around them. Understandably, our shepherds were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The Greek word here for good news can be any good announcement. But in the Bible, it's also the same word that's sometimes translated as the gospel. Later in the book of Luke, Jesus himself used the same word when he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. So what was this gospel good news about? It's the message that Jesus has come To be Savior and Lord. Jesus is the Savior because every human being needs to be saved. We have all disobeyed God, rejecting His rightful authority over our lives. And God's punishment hovers over sinful humanity. And Jesus is the Lord, the Master of authority over humanity. He is the Messiah in the Hebrew language of the Old Testament which means the same as Christ in the Greek language of the New Testament. These words mean the anointed one, chosen and appointed by God, like happened for some kings, priests, and prophets in the Old Testament. Now, listen to two of the Old Testament prophecies about Jesus by the prophet Isaiah. Both of them mention the peace that Jesus brings. The first is from Isaiah 9, by Jesus' birth and his authority, that Jesus is Lord The other from Isaiah is in chapter 53 about forgiveness of our sins through Jesus' death so that Jesus is our saviour. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. The way to receive forgiveness for our sins is to trust in Jesus' salvation and submit our lives to Jesus' lordship. In other words, faith, and repentance. As Romans 5 says, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, if you personally have not yet trusted and repented, think for a moment. The shepherds were terrified by the angel. If an angel so scary, what about God himself? And even if you never see an angel, one day I guarantee you will see God as either your heavenly father or as your judge. As we think of Jesus coming at Christmas, he is coming again. Not as a baby next time, but looking like he does in the book of Revelation. Listen again to what the angels said. On earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. This peace from God announced by the angels is not automatic for everyone. For some, it would be like 1 Thessalonians 5. You know very well the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly. If you don't have peace with God, talk to him about it silently in your mind now. Now, after the service, uh, talk to myself or someone you know here who can help you know this sure hope of peace with God. Once we do have peace with God and his favour rests on us, we can also experience his blessings. This includes getting some peace here on earth some peace inside, and some peace with other people. So we can have a peace inside, a peace of mind. Now, right at the start, I want to acknowledge that some people lack peace inside because they experience anxiety or depression in a clinical sense. Be aware of that. And if that's you, please get help from professionals, family, and friends. But even then, God can sustain you. And the things I'll say now do still help. So what does Jesus' peace inside look like? Think about Jesus' own life while he was on earth. He had a calm, unhurried manner and a clear sense of purpose. Despite the crowds and the busyness, he made time to stop for individuals. I started this sermon by mentioning some of the distressing things we face in this life. Remembering them, you might feel I'm being unrealistic to say we can have peace inside. But this peace from God is for the real world. It's not wearing rose-colored glasses and ignoring reality. It's not complacency, which has a lazy, self-indulgent sense of security. This piece inside is having calm and focus in the middle of a storm. I signed up for some Advent emails in the lead up to Christmas, and in one of them, a passage that surprised me was Micah chapter five. It talks about a ruler coming from Bethlehem, whose origins are from of old, and it says, As she who is in labor bears a son." So I must be talking about Christmas, right? Then it says, and he will be our peace. But actually, it doesn't stop there. It says, he will be our peace when the Assyrians invade our land and march through our fortresses. I think these verses would have had an application or fulfillment back then in Micah's day, as well as at Jesus' human birth. And I'm sure they'll have a fulfillment in the next life, after Jesus has returned to establish his kingdom forever. It also gives us insight into how God's works here and now. Peace in the storm. This peace doesn't prevent other emotions from taking their rightful place. Uh, for example, a jolting sense of urgency is very helpful motivation. Uh, even Jesus allowed his anger to flare up against sin when that was appropriate. I'm thinking when he cleared the cellars out of the temple, if you remember that. The peace inside can be your usual state of being. There are at least two reasons to expect peace inside. One reason is our sure hope of eternal life. We are not scared of death. I have an old friend up in Townsville. His mother, Helen, passed away recently. I saw some of the funeral online. In the midst of sorrow and grief, they prayed for peace. And they had one big advantage. They knew Helen had trusted in God she's looked after by God and they'll see her again in the next life. We Christians do not grieve in the same way non-Christians do. Another reason to feel peace inside is that we know God is sovereign and he cares for his children. He is omnipotent all powerful and he is loving. We know that all things work together for good to people who love God, Romans 8. God has a plan and we are part of it. This truth can calm our souls. Even for those things that God doesn't fix now, ultimately, anything that remains wrong and painful in this life, God will set right when Jesus returns, either by judging it so it is gone or by renewing it so it's good. So the big question, how do we get this peace inside? I think there are two keys, prayer and God's presence. Firstly, we get peace inside by prayer. Since we know God is sovereign and loving, we can hand things over to God. Philippians 4 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Secondly, we can get peace inside through God's presence with us. By the Holy Spirit. We know Jesus came to be God with us at Christmas, Emmanuel. Thirty-something years later, Jesus knew he was about to be taken to be crucified, then resurrected, and ascended to heaven. So he got his disciples ready to recover after it happened. He knew he would not be with them much longer on earth, but he also knew that after he went to heaven, God the Father would send the Holy Spirit to be with us instead. So in John 14, Jesus said, all this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, and the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Now it is true that how close we are to God in our relationship with him depends on our love for him shown through our obedience of him. So in that sense, our peace inside depends on our obedience. But God the Holy Spirit, who is in us, helps our obedience too. As we are led by the Holy Spirit and keep in step with him, Galatians 5 says that peace is one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, one of the things that grows in our lives. Romans 8 says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. At lunchtime on Tuesdays, I meet with other Christians in the city where I work so we can pray. Uh, One of them sent me a message saying, uh, sorry Rodney, won't be able to make it as it's manic busy. I'd love prayers of God's peace as I nearly cried last week from how overwhelming it all is at the moment. Um, I've been looking at John 14 to get ready for this sermon. So I told her about this idea of obedience as how to get Jesus' peace. As I replied, I realized that could just make us feel guilty. If you don't have peace, is it because you're not obeying God? But like I said to her, as long as we are obeying him, we don't have to stress about the rest. If you are obeying, you can have a sense of peace about whatever else is going on. It's a bit like Jesus said in Matthew 6. Don't worry, seek first his kingdom and righteousness. God will give you the food and clothes. As we obey we are close to God and things will work out and that confidence that faith enables us to feel peace inside Jesus said in Matthew 11 come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I'll give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you'll find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light Why do we try to put more burden on ourselves than what Jesus gave us? Stick close to him and receive his peace inside. Of course, peace is not only about how each of us feels inside. Peace is also peace with other people. Not merely the absence of conflict, but harmonious relationship with people. James 3 says that wisdom is peace-loving and that peacemakers is so in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. We Christians aim for peaceful relationships with everyone we know or meet, whether they deserve it or not, even if they're hard to put up with, even if they wrong us and we need to turn to Jesus said in Matthew 5, blessed are the peacemakers, because they'll be called children of God. Hebrews 12 says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone. Of course, we Christians aren't naive. We realize we won't always achieve peace with other people. Like Romans 12 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. In fact, being a Christian will itself sometimes bring us into conflict with unbelievers. This is because our priorities and loyalties are firstly with God. Jesus said in Matthew 10, do not suppose I have come to bring peace to the earth, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Anyone who loves their father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Still, we desire peace and work for it. And as God's people, we are to set an example by being at peace with each other. Why shouldn't we Christians be at peace? We have a special bond and unity in our common salvation and our common mission in this world. Colossians 3 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And Ephesians 4 says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. It's been a while since we checked in with our shepherds. They'd heard from the angel the gospel good news. The long-awaited Savior and Lord, the Messiah, has come. And the angel said, this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried on. The shepherds didn't say, well, these sheep aren't going to look after themselves, so we better stay here. Anyway, we trust what they said. They're angels. No, they're excited. They said, let's go. And they hurried off. What happened? They found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. God doesn't only want us to know what the Bible says. He wants us to check it out, to taste and see that the Lord is good, to live it. Do you trust God? Then believe what he says about being able to have peace inside, calm and focused in the middle of a storm, because God is sovereign and God is in us, and we've taken it all to him in prayer. And put into to practice what he says about striving for peace with those around you everywhere you go especially with your Christian brothers and sisters and more than that when we have seen God's words come true in our lives because he is faithful as we have faith in him then we have plenty to tell others about when the shepherds had seen the baby Jesus they spread the word concerning what had been told him about this child and all who heard it were amazed what the shepherds said to them let's not keep this good news to ourselves Let's tell others about the peace that is available to them. First and foremost, peace with God. But then also peace inside themselves and peace with other people. Not just at Christmas, but the whole year through. I'll finish with a short prayer based on 2 Thessalonians, chapter 3. Let's pray. Lord of peace, we ask that now you yourself will give us peace at all times, and in every way, and be with all of us. We ask in the name of the Prince of Peace, your Son Jesus Christ. Amen.